Blog Talk Radio. Interview. And today we have Dr. Carleen Richardson. She has a Cinderella-like experience powered by a divine presence. How does one with hunger from for maternal love migrates to the mean streets of New York and suffer the worst consequences of such an environment, transcend the gutter to attain glory of obtaining a doctorate in healthcare administration, lean in with both ears and listen. She is a leading authority on the application principles of topics relating to healthcare, quality improvement, and health systems. Carlene teaches a course in health administration. She serves previous roles in higher institutions of learning in the capacity of professor, coordinator, subject specialist, and currently as a professor assistant dean of a curriculum and design. Richardson uses her experience as a victim of rape, teenage pregnancy, and homelessness, yet um, successfully defined the odds to becoming successful. Today, Richard, Dr. Richardson is an author, works in the health administration, a professor, and lives with her husband and children in Queens, New York. My co-host is Chris Daly, so take it away, Chris. Thank you, Denise, and welcome, Doctor. Welcome to a call. We're looking forward to a great conversation with you. Thank you. One of the things before we even get started, I've known you've gone through a name change. You wanted us to uh, tell us a little about that? From Robinson to Richardson? Yes. And we want to make sure that we, yeah, they seem like there's a story behind that. <laughs> Actually, my name is Carlene Richardson by marriage. Um, uh-huh. I still hold on to the Robinson as my pen name in honor of my father. Okay, wonderful. Neat. Well, now we've talked about your dad. Tell us a little more about your Jamaican roots. Um, first, thanks for the opportunity to share with your leaders. Um, my grandparents were given guardianship when I was eight months old. I lived on a quiet dead-end street in Franklin Town. I lived with my older sister, Jackie, my grandfather, Nathaniel McLeod, and my grandmother, uh, Mabel McLeod. I grew up in a strict household. I was baptized at 13 years old at Wildman Street Church. And can you imagine how my life changed after I came here to live with my mom? I attended Alpha Primary School, then Camperdown. Um, I knew I wanted to see my mom, so I went to the embassy, the U.S. Embassy, by myself and got a visa, left Camperdown in the fourth form, and came here. You had a really deep longing to, for that maternal love. Yes, I did. Mm. And that you went by yourself to the embassy to go to all of the bureaucracy that's involved there just to be able to fulfill that desire. Yes, I did. Um, I was. I started Camperdown at 10, and so by that time I was about 13 going to the embassy and I was assisted there by people in the line because back then you had to join the line. And I was I was assisted with um, completing the forms. Um, those the people in the line assisted me as they saw that I was so little and um, young and there by myself. Incredible. Well, 
it showed that fortitude from such a young age, and it mm-hmm. led you to come to this country. But then yes. things turned for the worse. And out of this came this book, From Gutter to Glory. Um, yes. You have a tremendous story to tell. Give us, um, you know, how the story was, you know, you, you had all of these emotions bottle up in you and go to all of these traumatic experiences that you decide to put it on paper. Tell us uh, how you, you you moved to that position. Well, first of all, I really didn't know that I had a story to tell, not until as a professor I decided one day to share my story. And from the responses that I received then, um, and they have not changed now, um, I can say there was always at least two students with teary eyes and even more coming up to me after class ended sharing their stories. And um, I decided my students are motivated to go further despite their circumstances or challenges um, after I tell them the story. And so I decided that I wanted to extend sharing my story beyond my classroom. It's incredible. The cover of the book is very curious to me. It's the title, From Guts to Glory. There's an image on it, and then there's a byline. Do you want to describe how that was developed and what message sure. you want to convey from the cover? Absolutely. The book cover is of a woman carrying a bag on her shoulder, and inside the bag is a Bible and a gun. That was my life. When I returned to church, the day I returned to church, I had both in my bag but I knew when I left I had to make a decision. Incredible. A Bible and a gun. I, it's it's an incredible picture. Folks, you need to get this book. The, right. the book also, when you go to the book, you're, uh, one of the things that strike me, you have, it's a hybrid layout. There's poetry, there's prose, there's different types. It's a hybrid layout style. Tell us what you wanted to do with the content of the book in these various formats. Absolutely. Um, The book starts out with my thoughts of what true love is, what marriage is, what marriage constitutes, not just a man, a woman, white dress, and a ring. Readers are then taken to my life in Jamaica with my sister Jackie, who is Ilsa in the book, and my grandparents. Then my life here with my mother, me being raped, left pregnant, having the child, homeless, begging for money to feed my daughter, eating from the garbage, the leftovers of strangers. But I also wanted to capture my emotions, and I'm a poet by nature. And so I wanted to incorporate my emotions. What happened is, as I write, I've been writing the book for several years, and as I write, I would have to stop because of the pain and the emotions that I had to confront. And the only way I knew how to express those pain, the pain and those emotions, um, the only way I needed to express it was through poems, and that's the reason why I incorporated the poems, because that's my soul that I bear in the poems. Incredible. That's very insightful and creative in, in doing that, to get to be a healing remedy for yourself while to inform your audience. Yes. Thank you. You, as you said, it came out of you being a teacher, and you wanted to be more than just a biography. You wanted to be a learning tool to others. Um, what are some of the takeaways you'd like for people to derive from engaging with this 
fine work. I remember one of my first, the first sermon that I listened to um, at the church that I now attend, and my pastor said, you can make it with what's left, and I didn't quite understand it. I didn't understand it until I finished the last chapter of the book, and that's when I was able to um, get a better understanding of what it means to say, when someone says, you can make it with what's left. If I had to share anything that anyone should take away from this book, it would be just that, that whatever circumstances you're going through, whatever your situatedness, you can make it with what is left. Uh, You may not have had your mother or father in your life, but that is it. They gave life to you, and what you do with that life is now up to you. And whatever situation, as I said before, that you're in, you can definitely make it with what's left. There's no uh, one-size-fit-all format or strategy um, for, to make to making it just being determined. That's wonderful. Is there a favorite piece of your poetry maybe you'd like to even share with the audience just to give them a taste of what's in this book? Um, <laughs> absolutely, I can. Um, Can I do that at the end? You can do that at the end, for sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we know this book was it's been on the market for a few years and it came out of your experience being a teacher. Um now that it's in book form, what have some of the reviewers and folks been saying who have had their hands on this this gem of a book? Now, actually the book was published this year. What happened is in two thousand and six I secured copyright for the title. Oh, and right, and the response has been great, even though it was published just this year, because most women can relate. I'm glad that I secured copyright in 2006 because it wouldn't have uh-huh. been available to me this year. When I researched, I realized that after 2006, there were several attempts to get that title, but it was not available because what happened is people can get the title, but they have to put something before or after From Gutter to Glory. Using just From Gutter to Glory is not available to anyone after 2006 because I secured the copyright for that title. Wonderful. And You've protected your intellectual property in a very smart way. <laughs> I want you to imagine that the teacher heard about this book. Maybe a teacher will be listening. How can he, that teacher use some of this writing of yours to transform a life of a student who may be going through a similar circumstance? This response is going to be twofold. From the teacher's perspective, it is great for retention. What happens is when students, and this is what I find, not just in higher institutions of learning, but also in high school and elementary school, when students are faced with challenges, they, their, their attendance rates, And so from a a teacher's perspective, it is great for retention. Knowing knowing what your students may be going through, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it's true, some teachers, they they do not understand students' challenges, and I'm saying that very carefully. Um, I try to see from the student perspective when they're going through their challenges and life 
obstacles. Now, from the student's perspective, it is good to let the younger generation know that we were not born perfect. We, too, had our struggles, and we understand. The greatest disservice anyone, whether parent, teachers, pastors, can do to the younger generation is not understanding that regardless of how young they are, they have stressors. We may not think their stressors are worth stressing over, but they are their stressors. So the book lets the younger generation know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Pardon the cliche. The tunnel may be long, very long, but there is an end. And no one dictates or should dictate how your story ends. I refused to publish until after I completed my doctorate because no one will dictate how my story ends. Not society, no one. Rape, homeless, no high school diploma, no GED, no job, no green card but I refuse to let society dictate how my story would end. I would not give that power to anyone because that power was mine and no one else's. What a powerful statement, Dr. Richardson. Really Thanks. powerful. The, 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 the core of this is that of mater, missing maternal love, that you went to great extent to be able to fulfill that hole in your heart. Uh, speak to parents how they can actually use this work to actually nurture the relationship with their kids. In my own perspective, everything starts from the womb, uh, the DNA or genetics. Everything pivots around maternal love. It is the maternal love that creates the foundation for the way we extend the love that we give. It is the maternal love that waters the roots of our souls, which extend our being as branches into existence. Maternal love should not be confused with solely love from a mother. Maternal love can come from an aunt, a cousin, in my case, a grandmother. The one thing that separates maternal love given by a mother and someone else is the child's acceptance of its substitution. And mothers, if mothers can just understand that when we bring a soul into the world, we are bringing an acceptance extension of ourselves, not ourselves, which means the child may want things differently, but it doesn't necessarily mean we should give less love because whatever love you feed into a child, that is the love that is going to allow that child to extend themselves, their being, into giving others. That's so well put. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you book here, it's, to me, it should be not the end, but the beginning of something great. You're such a great teacher. I do, I, is there a second book that's in the, the planning state? What can we expect from Dr. Richardson next? From Goddess and Glory is actually my third book. I wrote Chocolate oh. a collection of poems and short stories, and I also wrote Beyond the Veil, The Truth Behind Dating an Unsaved Man. More recently, I published A Dose of Faith, A Woman's Picker Up or Take Along. Mm-hmm. It's uh, filled with inspirational quotes that gets me through the day. It is kind of like my take along friend that whispers in my ear when I need inspiration. Um, the Insurance Dilemma will be published the first week of July. All my books are available at Barnes and Noble. Um, Amazon in print and on Kindle. However, mm-hmm. only the title from Gutter to Glory be available on iBook in the first week of July. 
Um, okay. The sequence to From Gutter to Glory, that's titled My Own Strength, Not Built to Break, and that's due out October of this year. That's wonderful. So you have an entire array of, of products that people can use to nurture their relationship and to create a transformative kind of life. Yes, sir. This is wonderful. So we, we look forward to the book. Do you, do you, are you ready now to give folks a taste of this wonderful work? I'm sorry, I didn't. Can you repeat that? Are, are you ready to share a little um, of, of the work that they can um, see what they're in, the treat they're in for? Absolutely. <laughs> give me one minute. Let me go to that page. Not a problem. You have to, as I said, the cover is, is um, just grabs your attention, and you have to look in great detail, and to be able to use the Bible and the gun juxtaposition from each other is a powerful testimony for the str struggles that people may go through, and to make yeah. decisions like that. One of my favorite poems in the book, and do you want me to do a poem, or do you want me to just do a paragraph? Whatever you think is, um, it's, would get the message across. Okay. Seems like the poem, you, you use it as a healing remedy. Yes, I do. Um, okay. I do apologize. The days, came quickly, the days came quickly for me to leave. As I packed my clothes in the suitcase that I borrowed from my grandmother, I knew I would miss Ilsa terribly. I still could not believe the day for my departure was finally here. Ilsa and I had spoken about me leaving almost every day. Now it was finally here. Each time we spoke about my upcoming trip, I tried hard not to cry as we spoke. And each time I tried, a huge gulp formed in my throat. Ilsa and I had written a long list of things she wanted me to buy in America. She joked throughout the entire journey to the airport. That was her way of not thinking about me leaving. I remained silent, laughing at all her jokes, even the ones that weren't funny. Looking at her, I wondered if I would ever see her again, because deep within I knew I wouldn't return to Jamaica. I wanted to live with my mother. I would miss Ilsa, but I so needed my mother's love. Wonderful. You, the emotion yeah. does come coursing through those words. As that we close, definitely... no, we just want to see if um, Dr. Richards have any, any final wisdom to share with the audience. Absolutely. Um, before I conclude this interview, I really just wanted to say that my mom and I are very, very good friends outside of her being my mother. The book is not to show my mom in a negative light, but to show that despite torn relationships, there is healing and forgiveness. Our relationship is currently in the healing process. If there was anything, anything to forgive her for, I did long ago because she gave me life. What I did with that life was up to me, not her. In life, you will offend at least one person that you really did not intend to offend, and you will want to be forgiven. 
that should be applied not just when you're on the receiving end, but also when you're on the giving end. Because forgiveness allows you to move on without bitterness and in betterment. If we can see the cup as half full, not half empty, and pardon the cliche again, then we can make our circumstances into purposes to be fulfilled. Because we're all here for a purpose. No one, no one happens along this journey by chance. There is no mistake when a soul is born. It is, however, our responsibility to find out why am I here? Why am I in this situatedness? Why did I meet this person? Why am I going through this trial instead of why me? Our purpose is wrapped up, pushed down, and tied up into our soul. It is our duty to set our purposes free. And then in doing so, your passion for life is born. I wish your viewers tonight that they will find their purpose on this whole journey that we're on. And in doing so, they not only will find themselves, but redefine their purpose in being here. Dr. Richardson, thanks for such an empowerment message and a book full of hope. Okay, and Thank to you. learn more about... To learn more about Chris Daly, his website is digital2grow.com. To learn more about Jamaican Diaspora, visit jamaicandiaspora.com. And if you go to the online store department and you click the book club, the book club section, you can purchase Gutter to Glory there. And we do ask that strongly consider doing that as opposed to the other outlets. Because it keeps the um, it keeps their website going, and to learn more about Dr. Carlene Robinson, you can visit drcarlenerichardson.com, and then there's um, Carlene drcarlenerichardson.web.com. Thank you, Carlene. We appreciate you spending some quality time with us. Bye now. Bye.